Welcome to the Fortune Management Practice Mastery Podcast. Each episode, we bring you powerful conversations with thought leaders in the dental, veterinary, optometry, and medical industries. At Fortune Management, we coach doctors and teams to have an extraordinary practice and an extraordinary life. I'm Kim McGuire, host of the Practice Mastery Podcast. Today, we're honored to have two wonderful guests to discuss oral cancer detection in honor of April, which is Oral Cancer Awareness Month. Rob Whitman is the CEO and co-founder of Oral ID. Oral ID is an oral exam device that uses fluorescent technology and is dedicated to saving lives. Dr. Amanda Canto is a practicing dentist in Houston, Texas, and she is committed to healthy, beautiful smiles. She's passionate about making sure we catch this disease in the earliest stages and also in spreading the word. In this episode, Rob and Dr. Canto discuss trends, early detection, and what you need to know to keep your patients healthy. And now here's our conversation with Rob and Dr. Canto. I'm so, so excited to have you both on on this episode We're calling it Sex, Drugs, and Oral Cancer, which is a little bit of a racy title, uh, but of course, it's a very, um, very important issue, oral cancer screening and detection. So welcome to both of you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kim. We're excited to be here. Thanks. Thanks for having us. So Dr. Canto, I want to start with you. Tell our listeners a little bit about your practice and how oral cancer detection is part of how you care for your patients. Um. I have a cosmetic general and cosmetic dental practice in the Galleria area of Houston. I've been in practice for 26 years. And, um, you know, aside from the cosmetic aspect, obviously health and foundation and, and uh, general wellness has always been at the forefront of my practice. But now with the, uh, the focus of oral cancer detection, you know, with uh, my association with Rob and Oral ID and just all the education that we've gotten, it's become really kind of a passion for us. You know, I've, I've literally had um, a few patients that unfortunately reached me a little too late, and we've lost a couple of patients in the past to oral cancers. And so, you know, that feeling is something that really hits you in your gut and um, not something that you're willing to ignore. So, um, you know, we started the path with just learning more, and Rob has been instrumental with a lot of information with great uh, presentations. And then the oral ID technology has just been amazing. So um, as far as how we, you know, start with our patients, I mean, we, we have everything from the informational uh, brochures to uh, videos that I've produced that give just short snippets of information so that they're hearing it. And then, um, you know, we ask a lot of questions and we also give a lot of information as we're doing our exams or we're doing our continuing cares with our hygienist. How detailed do you want it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's great. Actually, later on in the episode, we'll talk a little bit more about how you're talking to your patients about oral cancer. But I'd love to know from Rob. Thank you for joining us, Rob. Tell me a little bit about how you came to found Oral ID and just become so interested in oral cancer. Yeah, I, I, we've always had a passion for, you know, everybody either, you, you always love the health industry if you're in the medical world. So um, always being patient-oriented. I, I graduated with a master's of biomedical engineering from Tulane University. And the day after I graduated, I moved up. I had an opportunity to come to Houston uh, and work at, you know, one of the largest cancer centers in the world, MD Anderson Cancer Center. So 
during the time there, you learn a lot about, you know, patients, the incidence of different types of cancers. And you know, initially we were in the cervical cancer world. Um, but, you know, now with technologies advanced in the cervical cancer world with pap smears and things of that nature, cervical cancer has gotten a lot better for a lot of these patients. But we kept seeing oral cancer rise every single year. And um, so with that, you know, I worked at um, a company utilizing technology, fluorescence technology, and there's devices on the market and there's educational um, concerns and hurdles to cover with oral cancer in the dental field. So we decided to do things differently and, and come out with something pretty easy and simple to use, but focus on the clinicians that, that are always patient-centric, you know, like Dr. Canto and you know, quite a few other ones that they want to do the right thing for their patients. Um, so that's really what our focus is. So it's been kind of an interesting journey when you tell your colleagues that you grew up with that you're on a podcast talking about sex, drugs, and oral <laughs> cancer, but that's, that's what we do now. And it's, uh, it's been enlightening to, to really help people educate their patients and really early discovery being the ultimate goal. Early detection, absolutely. So what kind of trends, Rob, are you seeing in oral cancer? I, it sounds to me like from what I've read that it's changing who's getting oral cancer and what the causes are. It is. There's, there's a lot of changes, which uh, from an engineering standpoint, you always look at the numbers and trends and charts and graphs. And um, when we first started looking at these numbers and analyzing them, we didn't believe them. You know, how can, how can a cancer increase in incidence every single year in the past seven years? And, and how can we not change the mortality rate in the past three decades? Uh, so oral cancer is the only one that's growing. Um, in incidence rate, it's growing. And even more so, we haven't really been able to find it early. And that's really where you know, early discovery happens. That's where technologies like ours or, or really just making sure we're screening the right population. Um, you know, obviously, the title is a catchy title, but the reason the title is there is because you know, there's this huge incidence of HPV-related oral cancers that are happening in younger patients that, to be honest, most offices probably are not trained to screen. You know, most offices aren't screening those 13, 17-year-olds, but now... You know, offices like Dr. Cantos that are screening everybody under the sun, it's because there's, there's this higher risk demographic that's not just the 40 years and old smokers, it's also this HPV virus that we're hearing a lot about. Okay, great. So there's a, so there's a link, obviously, between HPV then and oral cancer. There is. Okay. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Canto, wh- yeah, what are the ages that you're screening? Your pa- are you just screening all of your patients? Is there a certain age? We screen every single one of them because the conversation is something that we start, um, you know, appropriately, but we start early. And, it, and I want them to be, um, I don't see a lot of small children, so that's just not part of the population of, of patients that I have. But especially with our teenagers, I mean, I've even gone out to high schools and spoken to health classes and, and uh, have shared the presentation of the sex, drugs, and oral cancer um, because, unfortunately, you know, and, and thinking about it, it's not just oral sex. I mean, it can be passed by saliva. So, I mean, even kissing. These kids need to understand that, you know, we need to be checking. And um, it gives me an opportunity to talk to parents about, you know, here are the realities. We're not condoning that, you know, they get active, but you can take measures in, in you know, vaccines and, and education and so on. But the most important thing is for them to understand the value of, the screening and the exam and being in at the dentist, because I do, I tell them, um, you know, who else is looking and who else is looking with this type of technology. Um, therefore I, I screen everybody mm-hmm. and I let them know why. And as we 
you know, and it's, and it's one of those you have to be, you have to really understand who you're talking to. And you, I, I normally make sure that myself or my hygienist or my assistant, when we're talking to someone that, you know, we make it age appropriate, that we're discussing it um, in a manner that is not um, necessarily directed at them, but more, these are the facts. These are the things that are happening. Um, we're committed to taking the very best care of you. And this is why we do these exams, because did you know that, you know, there are 45,000 new cases of this disease every, you know, at this past year. And did you know that it kills an American every hour of every day? And these people are like, what? <laughs> and, you know, when we're, we're talking about that, then they understand that, you know, our commitment is really to take care of them. Therefore, there's not generally any opposition at all in my practice. Absolutely. Well, if you come from that place of taking the very best care of them, it comes through. So you're screening everyone and you're telling them, are you also talking to them about the HPV vaccine? I, I do. Um, and I do have to admit that, you know, there's so much controversy about vaccines that, you know, that is one of those places that sometimes we get some, you know, some resistance from certain parents. Um, and, you know, I will have to admit that I, I probably need to research the negatives of the vaccine a bit more. Yet, you know, up to this point, when I think about you know, the possibility of cancer and that there's a vaccine that could keep my kid from ending up that way, I, I choose that. I still do. Mm-hmm. So um, that's just how I feel. Rob, I don't know what, what your thoughts are on that. You may have some greater knowledge on the vaccine and, and what, you know, what yeah, we get, to people. We get that question a lot. And I think it's, it's hard because like Dr. Kendall said, I mean, it's every patient's different. Every parent's different. Um, I used to tell everybody, it didn't matter for me because I didn't have a, a child, but now that I have one, I'm talking about vaccinations. And so it, it obviously changes its tone. But, you know, if you look at all the research and the data, um, it's all about pros versus cons. And right now with the incidence of oral cancer rising and oral pharyngeal, back of the throat cancer, and even cervical cancer where it is today, uh, the HPV vaccine is a great vaccine, but, you know, there isn't, there isn't a 40-year study on it. Um, so... You know, it's, it's a great thing. Um, some of the, the masterminds that we listen to on a, on a weekly and daily basis at MD Anderson, they'll tell you that they highly recommend it because right now that's, that's one of the best things we can do. But, you know, it always, it always varies depending on your beliefs and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, as long as you're telling people all, all their options are out there. And I think that people, you're right, they don't realize that the HPV virus is connected with, with oral cancer. So that's the sex part of it. <laughs> um, obviously, I think the traditional, pe- when people think of oral cancer, they think of some of the drug use that, or you know, alcohol and tobacco use that people um, have. Is that still prominent, Rob, in, in uh, people getting oral cancer? It is. And I mean, it's, you know, the, the, the good thing is we're seeing a great smoking cessation program. So HPV negative oral cancer. You know, which typically stems from tobacco use or smoking, smoking uh, cigarettes, tobacco, mm-hmm. um, it's decreased 50% in the past three decades. Wow. So that's a good number. But the, the elephant in the room is that because of HPV, the HPV positive oral cancer, that's increased 225% in the past three decades. So you know, the, the demographic that a lot of people hear about and, and whatever your educational source is, but the ADA mandates oral cancer screening every single year for patients that are 40 years of age, smokers, drinkers, and tobacco users. Mm-hmm. But obviously we're talking about this. The biggest concern from our end, from a scientific standpoint, is 50% of all oral cancers right now that occur 
occur in patients that don't smoke, don't drink, don't chew tobacco, and they're under 40. 50%. Wow. 50%. Yeah, that's why we really, you know, and with, with talking to them about HPV, you know, like I said, I think if we come from a standpoint of, you know, I just want to give you the facts. And when you hear that the CDC says that, you know, nearly 90% or more of the population has been infected with some type of HPV at some point in their life, um, it, it takes away that, you know, I'm, you're being accused of, of doing something that's not good or that you're being bad or that, you know, something, because it can be passed on even with saliva. So just giving them the information and letting them know that, you know, as their dental professional, what we really care about is making sure that we're on top of early detection because that's going to be the way to save their lives. It's going to be an impossibility to be able to control all of the factors, especially if they're going to be related to HPV, you know, because the reality is, you know, we're going to kiss people, we're going to be sexually active, and um, that's just life. So getting them to understand the value of, of consistent care and consistent screenings and understanding that if we can catch these things early, their chances for survival are, are huge compared to catching them late. And, and that, and Rob, Rob, wouldn't you agree? I, I can't remember the exact number. Isn't it about 8,000 deaths a year because of late detection? There are. Like 60, 63% of them are being caught really late. So You're really spot informing. on. Yeah, 53% or 63%. 63% of them are found late. And, and you know, again, it's... It's always uh, the questions, are, are these people seeing their dental professionals all the time? I mean, that's always a concern. But I think if we screen the right population, uh, we'll, we'll be amazed at how many more things we'll find. Um, and obviously, technologies help us see things earlier. But I think step one is always, you know, you have to know who you're screening. And the CDC recommends screen 17 years of age and annually for oral cancer. That's a huge jump from the 40 years of age that, that other people were initially being trained. Absolutely. So 17 and up. So obviously, Dr. Canto, you're in your practice and you're not in everyone else's practice. However, what are your thoughts on what is actually happening in dentistry today in terms of screening for oral cancer? Is the tide turning or are still dentists out there not realizing this is what something that they need to do? I hate to say this. I mean, obviously, progressive groups that we associate with, I mean, you know, I know all of our platinum circle doctors are, you know, the, the type of doctors that we are. I see them certainly embracing this. I have to tell you that the sad reality is that um, as we see new patients and we do our examinations and I walk them through what I'm doing and explain it as I'm doing it, and my question is always, have you ever had this done by someone else? And they will endlessly tell me they've never been aware of having an oral cancer screening of any type. And either they've never had it or they haven't been informed. So... My, my answer to that is that I think that the reality is that there's a large number of the population in our profession that's still not getting it. And that's sad to me. It's very sad to me. It is sad. And I think, I think you're right. Sometimes they may have been screening for oral cancer, but not telling their patients. And I think that's something sort of universally that uh, dentists and all healthcare professionals need to be adding value to their services by telling the patient, this is what I'm doing for you while Absolutely. they're doing it. Cause they don't know, they're just looking in their mouth, you know, and they don't, they don't realize that that's actually what's, what's happening, right. whether they're using a product like oral ID or not. 
that there's they're still screening for that. So absolutely, I think that's terrific. Yeah, we definitely we definitely make sure that on all aspects, especially this one, we're we're not only telling them what we're doing, but we're telling them why. We're giving them mm-hmm. statistics. We ask them to spread the word. Um, you know, I I make connections with some of my patients that you know either they have large churches or they're involved in the school system or they're in, involved in some kind of youth group. And um, we go out and we outreach and we, we talk to people. You know, we talk to those kids. We talk to, um, I just did a baby boomers conference where we went in and did pre-oral cancer screenings for this giant church. And it's really about spreading the word. And I think that if we educate the public enough and, you know, ask them to ask their dentist. I'm not trying to convert everybody into my patient. I'd love it, of <laughs> course, but that's not that's not the real reason. And I tell them that. I say, you know, especially like this month is Oral Cancer Awareness Month. And, uh, you know, we've put it out in the building's newsletter and we've put new videos out. We've got them on, you know, Facebook, on a blog, and we're putting them out on a weekly basis so that there's little snippets of information on YouTube, on anything that we could possibly do so that people are asking questions. And they're asking their dental professional, they're asking their dentist, their hygienist, their, you know, the assistant, are we checking for those things? You know, and um, I think that by getting that out, that's going to make a huge difference for our community. I'll, I'll, I'll jump in because Dr. Cantel is going to be bashful about this, but if, <laughs> if we can have every clinician do the things that she's done, I mean, she's, she's alluded to some of them, but she's every year she's gone and done free screenings for the public. She literally went to a high school, and if you haven't watched that video, it's a phenomenal video. These kids taking a bright blue light, and they're screening each other and playing with a light, but then you see them just staring at her because, you know, she's telling them things that they probably never heard before. Um, yes. You know, that's, that's where people are, are, you know, kids are so influential is at that younger age, and, and your parents don't know what they don't know, and you're not in the medical field. You don't know these things. Um, she's done great work, and, and I assure you, if you look at her videos or anything she's put together, it's it's educational at its finest. So, Thank absolutely, you. Dr. Canto. Yeah, you've got some great stuff on your on your website, which of course we will put in the show notes so people can can read about. And I know you have a lot of statistics on your website. Um, however, I would love for you to tell us for a doctor who's listening who maybe doesn't know some of the statistics or doesn't know some of the risks. Is there a place where they can go to get educated so that they can educate their patients? Well, you know, I think one of the best places is, you know, the oral ID website. (laughs) Um, You know, Rob has been absolutely, you know, uh, essential in in educating me. There's so much information. You could Google all kinds of things. But, you know, he's so, uh, and his company are just so to the point, very analytical, uh, put it out very clearly. It doesn't take very much. I have to tell you that the I went to one of the large churches and the pastor had actually taken just, I just gave him a brochure so he could kind of get an idea of what we would be discussing when we got there. And he took that brochure and you would have thought that he <laughs> could teach it at MD Anderson or something because he took that brochure and from the pulpit, he's like, you know, Congregation, we're going to talk real here. This is the reality. You know, um, uh, one out of every two men are going to get oral cancer, and one out of three women, you know, and, and if you've had more than this many sexual partners, this is what your chances. I mean, it was amazing. And it all came from that brochure. 
So um, as far as getting some education that is quick and easy and you don't have to, you know, go crazy investing a lot of time, I don't think you can get better information than what you get from, you know, Rob and his company, really. Well, wonderful. We'll put, obviously, the website on our show notes on our website. So that is really what Oral Cancer Awareness Month is really doing. People, I'm assuming, Dr. Canto, you're doing it in Houston, but people all across the country then are having events and going to schools. Is that right? And what else is going on with Oral Cancer Awareness Month? As far as our, you know, our efforts, you know, we're, we're doing the, the social media things. We're using uh, the marketing packages that uh, Oral Ideas put. I love those information <laughs> signs that are so great. I mean, those are, they're cute. They're fun. People pay attention to them. They comment on them. They share them. Um, the videos have come out that way. My team has gone out to businesses, um, other businesses in our buildings, and have passed out little packages of cards, you know, inviting people for free oral cancer screenings. You'd be amazed how many times people are popping in and just, you know, five minutes they're here and we, we do their oral cancer screening. They don't even have to become a patient, so there's no pressure. Um, we're talking to every single patient that we can and we hand them those brochures and, you know, asking them to, you know, invite family and friends. And then, yes, like you said, you know, going out and doing events and, and you know, providing free oral cancer screenings. So on our end, that's kind of what I'm seeing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's again, I'll, the, if you ask me the poster child for how to do this right, I'll point you in the direction of, of Dr. Kendall's office. <laughs> Whatever. Well, I mean, they embraced it. And I think that's the hardest thing is dentistry. You, you can have, read whatever study it is, who's doing screenings or whatnot. I think it's you got two ways to look at it. Do you want to save lives or are you afraid of finding cancer? And, you know, it's a great conversation to have to say to a patient that you just found stage one oral cancer. Like that's that's the best conversation to have. It's yes. the other one that you don't want to have. So, you know, for April, people are trying to get patients aware because I couldn't say how many lectures we've done or webinars or podcasts when if I ask everybody what month oral cancer awareness is in the dental industry, the answer correctly, I'd probably get five or 10%. And it's, it's not the industry's fault. It's, I mean, it's everybody's fault because we don't focus on it enough. And um, so it just takes one month. Everybody knows what month October is, right? I mean, you're wearing pink every day. And, um, so we just try to create some unique things. I and mean, we have some shirts that say, keep calm and save lives. I mean, yep. I'm wearing it right yeah. now. So is my team. <laughs> so what clinician doesn't want to wear a shirt that says that? And then what's that going to be? That's that patient's going to say, wow, that's an awesome shirt. What does that mean? And now you're explaining them and answering a question instead of just, Hey, we do this here. Do you want to do it? And, you know, I think that's the biggest thing is the educational and the awareness part of it all together. Well, just makes me more excited to have you all on so we can bring more awareness to this. And all of our clients all across the country need to be more active as far as Oral Cancer Awareness Month. April of next year, we're going to push it. <laughs> yeah, I do think that, you know, to add to that, it, if we make it, you know, it's such a serious disease to discuss. It can be so scary. It can be, um, you know, for some patients... I know that maybe at the beginning when we were first talking about HPV and weren't really as comfortable really with the verbiage, uh, some people could even get like, well, you know, I'm not exposed to that. You know, they get a little defensive or something. So I think that what we've created now by, you know, those signs and the T-shirts and, and the buttons and, and videos and, and just the conversation that is more factual but light at the same time, we can make it fun 
and it causes people to ask questions. So when they're asking questions, it becomes something that is acceptable for us to discuss at a more serious level. And, and I think that is probably what, if I were to say, to give some kind of a takeaway, is to try to figure out a way to expose the patient and, and get them to want to ask you a question about it. So wonderful. I love the idea of having signs so that you're right, they're bringing it up. What do your signs say and where can people get a hold of them? Or did you just make them yourself? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's educational information stuff that we have. So we have, you know, posters are always going to be there. And, and our biggest deal, I'm, I'm not a, uh, I don't like reading books or long paragraphs. This is why I love podcasts. Um, so something short and sweet is what we try to do. So different taglines, promotional stuff, uh, posters. The thing that we've had that, that's done well for us is we have these little awareness signs where a patient can pick of eight different signs and they hold it up and then you put it on Facebook and you market it and they tag themselves. And uh, so, you know, it, we've come up with the catchy phrases. And, and yes, one of them is going to be 50 shades of oral cancer because <laughs> it's, you know, why not? Um, people, you know, patients now think that it's fun and then they have the conversation when they sit down in the chair and say, okay, Dr. Kento, what's this really mean? So it is enlightening to something that's not fun, but at the same time, it allows patients to ask the clinicians the questions as opposed to the other way around, which, you know, dentistry has, I think, struggled with for, for a long time. Absolutely. Uh, so I love the idea of inviting the patient to, or the patient's inviting you to have that conversation. The other thing that you mentioned briefly, but I'd love to dive into it, is the belief system that the doctor needs to have because the doctor and the, the whole clinical team needs to have around talking about this because I think they need to make sure they don't have any limiting beliefs as to what is somebody going to think of me or this maybe isn't my business when it absolutely is. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I, I completely and, and wholly believe that when the doctor and the team really is, is in the belief system of we are committed to taking the very best care of our patient and we are not okay with disease. And that means everything from periodontal disease to mm -hmm. um, decay or, and especially cancer. So we're sitting here and it's like, if we're going to worry about what somebody's going to think of us and hold back on something that could save their lives, and are we really committed to taking the very best care of them? That, that can't, that's not congruent. So right. in order for us to stay congruent, you know, I think the belief system has to be, you know, you do. That's what we're here to do. We're here to take the best care that we can. And with the knowledge that we're getting, it would be absolutely impossible for me to hold back. I wouldn't be able to. So, you know, like I said, making sure that, that the delivery and, you know, reading the patient. And that's some of the things that we've learned in Fortune is understanding how to, you know, mirror and match that patient and understand their mode of communication and how are we going to present something. So, you know, with some of them, you can grab the little sign and they're going to love it and they want their picture on Facebook and whatnot. Let's talk about this. And I'm like, hey, yeah, did you know this? And did you know that? And that's that style. But then there are some people that are very analytical and those are the people that, you know, you you say, look, I'm, I, this is the type of technology I'm using. This is why I'm allowed to see this much deeper. And by early detection, did you know that oral cancers, you know, have risen in, in incidence over the last seven years, whereas opposed to others or not? Or did you know that it's the sixth leading cancer that there is? And people go, what, really? So I, I think the the belief system really, like, like I said, has to be, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to take the best care of my patients. 
Absolutely. I love that. We got to use your sensory acuity and build rapport. And yes, reading the patient, of course, is important in any situation, but especially something as sensitive as this. And also the belief system, taking the very best care of the patient and wanting to detect something early is the best rather than having somebody have, you know, a later stage oral cancer. So that's great. Well, let's talk, Rob, let's talk a little bit about your product, Oral ID. Tell our listeners a little bit about it and how it might be different from some of the other products on the market. Okay. Yeah. So our device is a, it's a simple fluorescence technology. Um, with fluorescence, there's a lot of science that I'll alleviate from everybody to listen to today. Uh, <laughs> But it's, it's an optical-based technology. There's no swishes or dyes where essentially you just shine a bright blue light on the tissue and you wear a pair of glasses. The glasses block all the light coming out of the device because we only want to see what the tissue is trying to tell us or the fluorescence back from the tissue. So um, there's a few other things on the market. In some form or fashion, uh, my partner and I here, we worked at every other company on the market. And what we wanted to do was come out with our own that was easier to use and more affordable. So... Instead of having, you know, look through a scope or instead of having sheaths per patient, we want this to be put in every hygiene operatory and every operatory where you don't have to worry about $2 per patient, $1.50 per patient. And, you know, our slogan is shine light, save lives. I wish it was that easy, but using the device is that easy. Um, the hard part is, you know, incorporating it, talking to patients, understanding that everything dark isn't cancer. It's a discovery device. Um, you know, there's other lesions that people have found and, and Dr. Canto as well that may not be cancer, but it still may be life changing. Um, so it's trying to get people, you know, we talk about this big cancer thing, but then really when you start using this technology, it's not just for oral cancer screening. It's really for your oral health assessment um, to look at everything. That's it. I mean, that's the, the brevity that I can tell you. It's, it's a pretty straightforward, simple technology to utilize. Well, and you know, you hit on something really important, Rob. It's it's not just about cancer. You know, uh, I, I can share a, a particular instance where, um, you know, we caught a benign tumor. And, uh, you know, thank goodness we caught it with the light. And unfortunately, our patient did lose eight teeth and part of her, her mandible. Uh, but had it gone worse, it would have been much more destructive. So it's not always cancer. And we tell that to patients and we let them know that, you know, this is really to give us something to look at. And then if something, if we test it and check it and we've been trained to see, you know, is this a um, something that blanches? Is it is it something that just won't absorb the light? Then if we have something that's in question, uh, let's take you know, a brush biopsy, do some cytology, send that over to site ID. So we, do, we, we couple it with some other, you know, science. And then if it needs to go further, then we refer to a pathologist. I'll, I'll highlight that, that one case right now, because if anybody knows Dr. Cantone, you can kind of hear it from the, this, but more so if you meet her in person. She's vocal, she's energetic. She called me one day after this lesion and told me that this patient had a benign lesion. I thought, that's that's the best news in the world, right? And and then she advised me what the lesion was, and you know, it's a non-cancerous lesion, but it still took this patient's mandible. I mean, it, it's a huge life-changing issue, and I think that's one of my bigger concerns is trying to educate the dental world. Is you know, yeah, cancer is a huge issue, but but so are these other potentially malignant diseases that may never become cancer, but still may lose eight teeth from, and you still could have acid reflux that isn't causing cancer today, but what's it going to be six years from now, 10 years from now? Um, and that's, that's really, I think, the biggest takeaway with this technology is it's not a detection device. And, and since then, we have a bunch of different tests that came out to test what each lesion is because, you know, people got so worried about that false positive 
thing that they worry about. But I'll take a false positive any day of the week over a false negative. Um, Absolutely. Wow, that's fascinating. What an interesting case. Thank you for that clarification because I think, yeah, people just think it's just cancer. So you do the swab biopsy and then you might end up sending it to a pathology or sending it to an oral uh, oral surgeon uh, to take a sample? Yes. Yeah, so I mean, there, there's a few ways to do it. I mean, obviously, you want to screen every patient under the sun with, with fluorescence, with oral ID, whatever the product may be, because we're able to see these changes much earlier. You know, typically, when your eyes visibly see a lesion, studies will show you that it's usually a secondary or, or tertiary tumor that we're finding. The initial tumor is somewhere else. So to get the best success rate, we need to shine a light and find the lesion. And when you find it, it doesn't always mean it's the C word. Um, right now, we have a site ID. It's a cytology swab. So it's not a brush biopsy. It's not a biopsy. It's a swab that you can non-invasively swab the tissue, um, not far from what they do in the cervical world now for, to, give, to bring it back to where our roots were. Uh, send it in to us, and we can tell you within a week what the diagnosis is. And if it is carcinoma, we're then going to do a biopsy, and we have a biopsy kit as well. So it, you know, what we ended up doing here is because there's not many people in the oral oncology world, um, we just closed the loop. We go from the beginning to the end, and and that's where you know, we, we kind of alluded to. We offer a program now where soup to nuts on how to market oral cancer, how to talk about screenings, how to do this, and also all the testing as well. You know, we do – we have that um, – and that's been, I think, the biggest success that we've we've kind of launched. That's amazing. So the site ID uh, product helps helps detect it. That's wonderful because then you have more control over it as the dentist rather than referring out. You can really Absolutely. help them. Wow, yeah, that's and you amazing. Can even, you can even test for HPV, yeah. and and you know now the pathology. So um, that's you know that's a wonderful thing because then you know you know at least okay I'm going to want to screen you more often than just you know, on your continuing cares, uh, you, you know, you, you talk to the patient and, you know, once patients know they want to take care of themselves, they don't want to end up, you know, with, with cancer or with something bad. So it, it just, it creates value for them to really be understanding what it means to get here and why. So Rob's company has just been unbelievable with all of the advances that they've made. And I can't thank them enough. It's just, mm-hmm. it's great. So Oh, that's terrific. So, so you mentioned that, Rob, that there aren't as any, any disposables. So that means that you don't have to pay for some disposable each time you screen a patient. Is that correct? Correct. We, are, you know, we had a few goals with our device. Um, one of them, we wanted everybody to be able to use it. You know, whether you're doing a mission trip in Africa, which we've had clinicians do, going to the church like Dr. Canto does and doing a trip there. Um, and screen how many hundred of people in as fast as you can do it and not worry about, you know, how much is this going to cost me? So that's been the biggest thing, simplicity, ease of use, and then there are no consumables at all. Um, we actually had a not fun time getting through the FDA with that because they wanted us to put a sheath on it. But we proved that you can prevent cross-contamination by simply cleaning it with cavicide, cava wipes. And now you literally have a device that you take with to each operatory with you or you have one in each operatory and you just clean it off after you're done and you're good to go for the next patient. Yeah, it's like a like the size of a small flashlight and it's fantastic. You know, we we used to uh, as an engineer when somebody calls your medical device a flashlight, you used to get we used to get offended. <laughs> but as Dr. Kanta sees she just put out an ad at her office, um, we now just embrace it because we designed it to be that simple. Um, so we call, we have an ad out that says, without you, this is just a flashlight, but with you, <laughs> this is a lifesaver. 
That's that's awesome. So, Dr. Canto, then you've got one in every, I'm assuming every hygiene operatory or probably every operatory. Yeah, we've got them in hygiene and in the in the clinic in my uh, restorative ops. Yeah. So then is the hygienist doing the screen and if they see anything they mention it to you? How do, how does it work on a practical level? Well, what I do is with all new patient exams, I perform that first um, basic baseline screening. Mm-hmm. And then our hygienist on continuing care does the initial screen. If there's anything that is of concern, then I take a look. And if there's anything that I've seen in the past, I will always take a look. So, um, and it's so quick that, I mean, really and truly, if I, if I can, I pick it up and just do it so we can talk about it. If it's someone that I, you know, that I see might need a little bit more reinforcement with education and really understanding the value, then I pick it up no matter what. Because I, mm-hmm. like I said, it's really about converting these people into people that really get it and will pass the word along. And I make a big point to ask them to do that. I do. I, I'm, I'm crazy about that. I'm like, look, mm-hmm. I just, we're trying to educate everybody. Please tell your friends, please tell your family because you could be saving someone's life. We're happy to check them. It doesn't even have to be during April. They can come in whenever they want. Right. Tell them. Right. And um, you'd be surprised. They, uh, they really appreciate that. They really do. And they, you know, I, I think uh, that whole motto about they don't really care so much about what you know they just want to know that you care that really is a huge thing it's huge they they really appreciate it and that keeps them also coming and more continuous with their treatments and the follow-through and all so not just from the oral cancer screening but it really does impact the practice by raising the value of of what the services are that you're giving them so you know from a standpoint of, of a dental practice it's like they trust you more because you're really that committed and you're willing to step out and be uncomfortable. Absolutely. You're raising the standard of care and creating more value for your practice. And that's why, that's why people, people come to your practice. So uh, also on a practical note, do you charge for this screening or is it part of your periodic oral exam? Well, you know what? I know I get, I get finger <laughs> waves all the time from, from Rob and from many others that I should be charging. But I do not. I just include it as the exam. I don't, uh, and I tell people that. I'm like, look, it's just part of what I do. And I almost do it as a challenge to other doctors because the reality is, to me, it shouldn't matter what I can make off of it. But there's, no, there's not a problem with charging for it. I think it's time. I think it's great. I think I do it as really more of I want to take a stand to make people understand that it's really not about the money. It's about what we can do to save people and what we can do to, to change lives. <laughs> so Absolutely. I well, that's... don't charge, but we, we should probably, but I don't. No, it's, it's, a, it's across the board. I think the good thing is it depends on where your practice is. And obviously, Dr. Canto does you know, great work. I couldn't tell you how many doctors have called me and said, hey, you know that Dr. Canto's website you have up? Can you take it off your website? Because it says free screenings, and my patients don't want to <laughs> see that. And you know, look, if, if you're in a different area where you are, fee for service and you need to charge for things and you're not getting big cases and you're not doing, you know, then, then there is a charging ability and, and she has a different practice, obviously. So it, uh, it fits in everywhere. I, but I tell everybody, and, and the reason why I always say, you know, you can charge for this if you want to, because she educates her patients and her staff does so well that it's just like, like my dentist too. I mean, he, he tells me so much, so how important this is that I pay for a screening when, you know, when he has a device, because I see the value and, I know her patients see the value in what she does, but you know I, I also respect why she does that because you know if you want to get a referral these days, you know do what she's doing. 
I mean, I, I have <laughs> right. friends in that area that I'd say, Hey, you have a dentist that I'm looking for. I said, well, she does free oral cancer screenings. They're like, Oh, it's free. And they, they love to go see her. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I think the, the beauty of especially being an entrepreneur in dentistry is that you get to decide, right. you get to decide if you want to choose or not to charge. So if somebody is going to be charging, Rob, what is the suggested fee? So, so we surveyed a lot of our docs and try to get a capture on the market of, okay, what can you charge? What are patients willing to pay? Um, our most successful offices are charging between $15 and $30. Okay. And, you know, the days of $65, sign a consent form, those have kind of gone away. Um, if a patient says no, you can get them to consign a consent form, or you can just write in their chart, patient said no. I mean, that's right. essentially the same thing. But um, I think if you present it as an educational piece, if you say, you know, look, Miss Smith, you get a pap smear and a mammogram every year, this is worse than both of those. You pay, what, a $20 copay? We're going to, this is going to be a $20 screening. That works. People, people understand that and they see the value because you're, you're educating them on how important it is. And they know, I mean, you know, annual pap smears have been standard for how long now? Decades. It, yes. Well, I love that because that's such a, something that real, especially women can obviously understand. So have, creating a metaphor like that is, is terrific. That's great. So, I love and that. We've had people just throw $5 in an exam fee and, and raise your fees a little bit. Not everybody can do that. We know that, but um, throw $5 in an exam fee and, and they've done very well with that as well. I, you know, I've had clients do that as well, where they just yeah raise their 0120s, just a couple, yeah, five, $10 and just include it in there. So that's great. Well, the great thing is there's a lot of different ways you can do it. And it sounds like it's more affordable technology than some of the other products out there because of the disposables, but also just the unit itself is less. Is that right? It is. Uh, when we first launched our devices, uh, we're about a third of the other products in the market. Um, so right now we have our device for um, 1295 all in. And, and the biggest thing that we make sure that we do is we educate people after the fact too. So we do constant webinars for our users. We make sure that they understand how to talk to patients, how to build insurance, you know, how to use the device, all that stuff. So we did that for a while and now we're actually launching a, an ID for life program is what we're calling it, where it's $150 a month and we help you with marketing pieces, advertising, how to differentiate your practice. All the testing kits that we have are going to be no charge. Um, so it, instead of just saying, I want to buy a device, we say, I want to I incorporate oral cancer into my practice. Um, and I'll keep throwing it back to if you want your, your poster child. I mean, <laughs> she's done it perfectly from offering every type of test imaginable to talking to patients properly to marking it. I mean, it, you know, and obviously clinically she uses it and she does knows what she's doing. But that's kind of goes without saying. So um, our goal is that offices don't just get a device and try to bill for it and charge it, but they really believe in these technologies, early discovery, and, and using this to kind of rally their office. You know, so many times we hear the the whitening for life days, and you know those days are unfortunately over. Um, but you know, why not ID for life or oral cancer screening for life? And that's that's really what we're trying to push here. I see. Okay, so this ID for life program, you're, you're, is this what you're just rolling out? It is. Mm-hmm. It's the first time I've said the first time I've said it outside of my house in the office right now. So I'm excited. I saw it on my um, you sent it to me, and I went, "Oh my gosh, I'm I'm thrilled! I can't wait." I think I think what we learned was, you know, these devices are great, and and we think it's you know obviously we love our device, we love all the fluorescence technologies, but it's not the device that people are scared about. It's the whole concept of great. I got a device. What do I do? Um, how do I market this? How do I talk to my patients about this? How do I even you know, why do I do this? And 
really holding people's hand to say, you know what, here's a marketing piece, put this press release out, put this on your Facebook page week two, month three, do this. And it, it's really a program that helps you incorporate this. And, and oh, by the way, I happen to save a few lives. I mean, that's, that's everybody's goal. Um, so it's a, it's a pretty encompassed program that we're pretty proud of and we're pretty excited about. I can't wait. And we need to do some videos together. <laughs> yeah, we're ready for that. That's right. So this is for the practice to join um, the ID for Life program. And so really it's helping the hygiene team, the clinical assistants, the, actually the whole practice with their education and getting their patients more involved with this. Is this right? It is. It's, it's okay. us, you know, obviously helping clinically, what to do, all the testing kits. Those are essential in, you know, we have a pH test that if you know that your patient's acidic, Acidic. I mean, yes. that's forget just cancer. I mean, you're looking at every type of caries issue. You're looking at acid reflux. Mm-hmm. So all these other tests that we put together, we want to offer, and, and we don't want to, you know, we don't want to charge an office to to buy this or buy that. We want it all to be together because I want to make it as easy as possible for every clinician to to do what they need to do for their patients. This is wonderful. Well, you did send me the flyer, and I, maybe I can put that on the show notes so people can get more information on that. Awesome ID for life. I'm, I'm the first one to sign up, Rob. I can't wait. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, Dr. Canto is the first clinician ever to use oral ID, and, and she may not say that she is, but we, we have it serialized. And I can tell you, I walk in her office right now, and you know, 1001 is sitting in her operatory. So um, That's she's, been, she's been a great Well, I love it. Well, you obviously, the two of you are obviously very passionate about oral cancer screening and detection and all these other areas that we can really help our patients in. So kudos to you all. Is there anything else you want our listeners to know about uh, oral ID or oral cancer screening? I just say do it. You know, I, (laughs) I I just, it's one of those, those things. It's get excited about it. I think, like you said, rallying your entire team, creating an environment, a culture in your office that, that just cannot deny taking the very best care. I, I just, it, it makes all the difference. It, it really does. And, and I've seen this unbelievably transformative, you know, situation with my team where they've just become so cohesive because the information that we're getting, that we're learning, that, you know, we're passing on. I love it. You know, the shirts, the signs, they're excited. I mean, we've all got our little wristbands on today. And, um, <laughs> You know, it, it it's become fun, but at the same time, what it's created is is we're all cohesive about what we want to do. So, you know, I would just say to the clinicians, just learn everything you can, get involved with you know Rob and his company, and and um, you know oral ID, side ID, and now this new you know ID for life is that's awesome. You know, because I think one of the fears that we have as, as the clinicians is, okay, what if I miss something? What if I'm in there and I, I say the wrong thing or I don't catch something or or maybe I scare the people? You know what? Uh, if you're not doing it, then that's where something can go wrong. If you have somebody with the science and the tests and the things that are right there holding your hand with this program, uh, it's awesome. So I just say do it. <laughs> I love it. Just do it. Yeah, right? just do it. So, Rob, what can our listeners put into action today that you would recommend? I mean, obviously, getting an oral ID light in the, for their practice, educating themselves. What else? Yeah, I, th- I think the biggest thing that we always try to take home, and, and anybody in healthcare tries to say, is you know, put. And I, I, we went through this myself. I mean, my my I'm from New Orleans. My grandma had a previous history of lung cancer, and she went to her dentist, and she she said he he told her he had a lesion at the roof of his mouth, roof of her mouth. 
and previous history of cancer. You know, I'm scared. It's so I overnighted a device to her, a cytology, and said, you bring this to your dentist. You make sure they screen you. And, and I think it's just that. I think you should treat every patient like it's either your mom, your family member, or yourself. And, you know, whether it's a device, it's whatever it is. I mean, obviously we want everybody to incorporate all the things that we have here, but it's whatever you think that should be the standard in your office and, and raising it even more. Um, cause you know, your patients really appreciate that. And even more so your staff appreciates that. And people don't realize that by incorporating this technology, patients see it, but even more so you'll get better people to work with you. They see what you're trying to do. And I think that's just as important to have good people around you. Well, 100%. Yes. Can I say something on that? You know, another, another thing that is really, really exciting to me and is, is starting to become something that I, that I'm working on. And that is, um, networking with our medical professionals. Mm -hmm. You know, I literally just saw my ENT, uh, last Friday. And, um, because of the fact that I refer patients to him when I see things and he refers, he refers them back. I mean, I'm getting referrals back. And, you know, he actually said this to me, Rob, you'll be excited. He goes, you know, I wish we had that little blue light for (laughs) in the scope, but we can't get it down there in the scope. And, uh, so you might want to start working on that one. You know, um, you know, I talk to the OBGYNs, I talk to the infertility guys, I, you know, we talk about all these things so that we can get these patients healthier. And when they hear how committed we are, they start sending their patients. It's really pretty exciting. So, you know, I think the one thing that has been missing so much in dentistry is that connection, that real connection between the medical and dental side. And, you know, when people think it's just about your teeth, uh, you know, we're, they're missing the mark. So the more and more we start doing that, and I think that if doctors start, you know, if dentists start acting more like true doctors and talking to their physicians and, and start networking that way, um, we'll get a healthier population for sure and a healthier practice too. Yes. I, well, I couldn't agree with you more on both fronts. The medical industry and dental, well, they're converging more and more. Um, and I think the dentists need to take the lead on that. Absolutely. And it, it's kind of like like attracts like, right? So if you're passionate about this and they see that, then yeah, of course they're going to send you patients. And same thing with the team members. If you're passionate about saving lives and you're doing something about it, people want to work for you if they're passionate about that as well. So that's great. And I love it. I always say people are finally realizing that the mouth is connected to the rest of the body, right? Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I'm just so thrilled to have you both on. And um, Rob, thank you for who you are for the the dental industry, well, in the medical industry and how passionate you are about early detection. And clearly with your um, your experience in the cancer world, you see that it's it's a real issue and you're really taking steps to to eradicate it. So thank you. No, I appreciate appreciate you having us on, and uh, thanks for thanks for having another podcast for me to be able to listen to. <laughs> Wonderful, you bet. And Dr. Canto, thank you for being uh, just an amazing clinician, amazing uh, person in your community, and a wonderful client of Fortune Management. We're so proud to have you on our team. Thank you so much. I look forward to meeting you at Platinum Circle. Absolutely, we'll we'll meet in Chicago this fall. Thank you for listening to the Practice Mastery Podcast. For more information on Fortune Management and to find an event in your area, please visit fortunemgmt.com.